Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Your Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Baltimore Ravens on Monday Night Football. What's up, everybody? Thanks for joining us today. My name's Kent Swanson. This is the AP Laboratory Game Preview, and uh, this is why we do this show. Games like this, a big game that could decide the one seed, frankly, in the AFC. And uh, we're going to get you ready for that game, and here to help me do that are my dear pals. First, find them on Twitter, at Chief in Carolina. Maddie Lane, what's good with you? I'm really not sure I like this ever-changing game preview introduction. It is just, it's not the same. I want the consistency. I don't want this off-kilter. Let me mix it up every single time. It's my job to be the wild card. You were supposed to be consistent. Hollywood Swanson. And right now, I feel like you were just going into an, I don't even know, impromptu session here. I, I'm not. I'm not a fan, Craig. You got to take over. I can't do this anymore. You know, you call yourself the wild card. Youthful Regis would not be a wild card, Maddie. <laughs> Youthful Regis is here to keep structure, to keep everything down the line. You're not the wild card. Unfortunately, that leaves Kent to be the wild card because it ain't me. So yeah, Kent, continue doing whatever the hell you want to do up front. I can't wait for Week 16 when it's. <sighs> Let's do this, guys. That's going to be the intro, that that level of energy. Do we have to? What's up, guys? (laughs) (laughs) It's week 16. Uh, Okay, well, we have have three points on offense and defense. That's what we do. But we had some carryover questions from the mailbag. We want to get to real quick. One of them is going to be one of our defensive points. Uh, So shout out Mr. Marshall22 for that. But B. Jones KC... Just off the top, what have the Chiefs done to play the Ravens effectively the past two times? Have the superior quarterback named Patrick LaVon Mahomes. I kind of think that was the only reason they won two years ago. Last year, I think the Chiefs, I mean, we'll get into more of it, I'm sure, but the Chiefs started a lot faster last year. They got out ahead of the Ravens. They turned the Ravens into a pass-first team rather than a run-first team. And you still saw the Ravens try to run the ball to some success. It worked out, but last year it was just about getting the lead out on them early. Patrick Mahomes still playing well. Two years ago, it was those kind of fourth quarter heroics. Everybody remembers Patrick Mahomes across his body to Tyreek Hill on fourth down. like Things like that, that's what they do better. They have the better quarterback. As long as the game was within striking distance at any point in time, the Chiefs should feel confident against any team in the NFL, including the Baltimore Ravens that they have a good chance to win because Mahomes is simply better. Yep, Maddie nailed it there. Uh, I do think last year you got the A game plan 
from the Chiefs. I think Andy brought a very good game plan. I think Steve Spagnolo brought a very good game plan. And then the Ravens decided they wanted nothing to do with Frank Clark. That was kind of the first time it was that game last year. The the three of us were sitting there talking about how no, you guys, Frank Clark is affecting the game here. They're actively avoiding him when, you know, he wasn't putting stats on the board. We've since seen that being the case. I have several teams here, but the Ravens were kind of the ones to first do that. So they limited themselves. They cut the field in half, and then the Chiefs started hot. And boy, that game was over before it started. It was really just, you know, some prayers at the end of that game that it was even close. If the Chiefs had any ball skills in the secondary, that game would have been won by 21 points probably. It's kind of like when Deshaun Watson played the Chiefs first time. We played Alex Smith, and the Chiefs whooped him and dominated, and, and Deshaun Watson was pretty bad. And then all of a sudden, he got some garbage time points, and people made a big deal out of that game. People made a big deal about the Ravens' score. But the Chiefs were whooping the Ravens last time. And part of the reason is they started fast, and that is point number one for the offensive side of the football. Starting this game off right off the bat. Yeah, offensively, the Chiefs have to come out with a better first 15 scripted plays from Andy Reid than they had last week. And even more so than better scripted plays, they just have to execute a lot better. I think the Chiefs can fall behind to any team in the NFL, including the Ravens. But the Ravens pose a lot bigger threat than the Chargers did if you get behind early, if you're starting slow on offense, because the Ravens will gladly grind it out. They will just run the ball over and over again. They can hit explosive plays from it. And then defensively, they love to mix up their defensive looks and bring a lot of pressure. If you don't get out to an early lead, if you fall behind and they they just get to start teeing off with five, six-man pressures coming from anywhere, it makes it significantly harder for the offense to get going. So I think the Chiefs do need to at least keep the game really close, if not be out in the lead from the start on the offense. Attack the middle of the field early. I think that's where the Ravens' defense is the most vulnerable. Hit them between the middle of the field. They can't pressure you greatly without sending that extra pressure I think we're going to get there in a little bit so early in the game when they're not blitzing as often you need to make them pay you need to start quickly if you're the Chiefs get out to an early lead score points make that defensive backfield think that you are going to hit big plays on them consistently so they can't get overly aggressive yeah if the Chiefs start slow and they get behind like they did against the Chargers this is going to be a long long day the Chargers were able to run the ball and move the ball fairly well against this Chiefs defense that didn't tackle and didn't cover particularly well in the middle of the field, the Ravens will eat them alive if that's the case. So starting fast eliminates some of the rushing attack that the Ravens can do there. Now, they're still going to lean on the run. That's what they do best. They're still going to do it even if they're down a little bit here. But this is a situation where if they get up a score or if we're in the third quarter here and the Chiefs are down, this is the type of team that not only will kill the clock, they will punch the ball in. This isn't going to be field goals. This is going to be touchdowns, 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 because they're a rhythm-running team. They have a full arsenal of running backs back there and Lamar Jackson that can all you know, basically shoulder the load and move the chains there. So it's one of those situations where they can't get behind because getting behind this team, as we saw all last year with the Ravens, is a major problem. They will close out games, even against good teams. I think the first two scripts of the season were uncharacteristically bland. Um, I wonder if the Chiefs 
have been holding stuff back for this early season matchup against Baltimore. I'm sure they've held some stuff back, undoubtedly. Maybe it's more than we think. Maybe because the first two weeks have been bland. I'm not going to say unimaginative. It just hasn't been. I think about 2017 and Andy's, Andy's script and his play calling against the, the New England Patriots in week one. Like it was just it's stuff they hadn't really done. Uh, a lot of that stuff out of the tight formations, the shovel passes, Kareem out of the backfield, all that stuff. I don't know. I, I, I wonder if we're going to see, you know, an A-plus script and maybe some things that Andy's been working on all offseason and he's been holding back the first two weeks. I think part of starting fast, too, for the Chiefs is it's going to be really hard to run the football against the Baltimore Ravens. They went out, spent some money this offseason, and they brought in a lot of run stuffers. They don't have a great pass rush, but they have a lot of guys that can stop the run. If you don't be able to keep a little bit of balance, make them trust the run. You got to keep some of those bigger bodies on the field. You don't want them to get into Matt Judon, Clayus Campbell, Pernell McPhee all together at the same time. You want to keep the Derek Wolfs and guys like that on the field. It's like you do have to maintain some kind of balance. I don't think Andy and the Chiefs did a particularly good job about that last week against the Chargers. They got away from the run a little too early despite having some success. But like Ken said, I think you're going to need to hit some big plays early on. I do think you need to keep a little bit of balance because you just you want to keep the Ravens. If you allow them to, they will stay down with two defensive tackles. You want to keep Derek Wolf on the field as much as possible because he just provides so little of a pass rush threat. Keeping him with all these other guys out there that just that helps Patrick Mahomes so much if you can keep him on the field. I forgot about Derek Wolf, and now I'm very close to going on a rant. That man hates the Chiefs because the Chiefs embarrassed him a lot in his career. Well, he went to Baltimore to try to escape all the L's he was catching from Patrick LeVon Mahomes. And now he's going to catch one on Monday night. You, you can't escape him, Derek. He's coming for you. Uh, where was I? I just lost track of time. Uh, I think the next step for this game, you got handling the blitz. Like Maddie said, a lot of, a lot of big run stoppers along the interior of their defensive line, they're going to have to pressure people in order to, to generate. They're going to have to send they're going to have to send multiple guys in order to, to try to generate pressure against Mahomes, Matty. Last season, I think the Baltimore Ravens had the highest pressure percentage in the NFL, but the lowest like pass rush win rate in the NFL. Essentially what that means is their pass rushers could not win one-on-one. They didn't meet blocks. What they did do though was pressure quarterbacks because they had one of the highest blitzing percentages in the NFL. Wink Martindale, defensive coordinator, loves to blitz. He loves to do exotic blitzes, planned blitzes. He will bring pressure from anybody, everywhere, at any point in time. He doesn't care if you see it coming or don't see it coming. He's bringing the pressure. They will not play a safe brand of defense like we just saw the Chargers. They will try to get after Patrick Mahomes. They will blitz him. If Mahomes, if the Chiefs are able to read that, catch some stuff on film, or just see while the play's happening, where the pressure's coming from, dumping the ball off and behind the blitz. It's open. Deshaun Watson and the Texans hit a couple spots in right behind some of these blitzing players. There's a lot of space to be had on the field, especially through the middle 
of this Ravens defense. Patrick Queen, as much as I love him as a prospect, is making multiple mental mistakes so far. LJ Foot's not, Fort is not the best linebacker. Chuck Clark's doing a good job, but he's the only guy in the middle of that defense that has a ton of experience in that system. Like You can beat them over the middle of the field behind some of these blitzes. You just got to see them coming. And as long as the Chiefs can do that, I don't think you need to bring in Max Protect or anything like that. You just got to get the ball out quickly in the area that's vacated by the blitz. But please avoid Marcus Peters when doing it. Marcus Peters is one of the best, <laughs> if not the best player in the NFL at coming off of his zone or his coverage responsibility and picking the ball off of what's supposed to be your hot read. He does it multiple times a year. If you're trying to throw behind a blitz, just don't do it at Marcus Peters. Just simply don't because it's just not the risk and reward is not there. Uh, man, now you got me sad. I love Marcus Peters. I, I still wish he was on my football team right now. I don't, I, I don't care about his tackling. I Put him in the system. Anyway, yes, uh, Wing Martindale's gonna gonna throw everything at Patrick Mahomes. He has every single time that he's played it, and Patrick Mahomes has handled it well. That's the problem that they run into here. They will go cover zero blitz multiple times this week, and Patrick LeVon Mahomes will make him pay for it. So it, it is about finding the right balance. That there's not a necessarily a rhyme or reason. For the blitz strategy for the Ravens, they will bring out stuff that's, you know, red zone stuff on first and 10 at midfield just to, you know, have a an off-speed pitch or something like that. So it is about identifying it. It is about finding your hot read. It is about attacking those spaces where guys are gone. Mahomes is great at it. I, he's been great at it so far against Martindale. I would expect that to continue this week. I wouldn't be stunned to see the Chiefs in a little bit more empty than they've been to this point, too, because what that affords you as a quarterback is the ability to have more clarity on who's coming, who can come, uh, because you know you're spread out. You're in that you know you're, you're in your three by two look, and you know the Chiefs run that like wide open. Uh, so the 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 Y or even like a Tyree kills the third guy inside on the line of scrimmage, um, but they you get pretty good clarity. You get pretty good clarity as a as a quarterback understanding where it could come from. And the Chiefs, I mean, put, throwing Clyde Edwards-Alaire out there, it's awesome, actually. He's a great outlet. You know, have him run a what, what I call a china, a little hitch working into the under. So you run the hitch, and then you start running laterally across the field towards the quarterback. Just have him doing that. The Chiefs run that a little bit with their running backs anyway. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I think that could be an interesting little matchup. Uh, one of the matchups we're definitely going to be watching is the wide receivers versus the defensive backs of the Baltimore Ravens, Matty. The bad news, the Baltimore Ravens cornerback group is really, really good with Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Peters, even Jimmy Smith. He plays outside as Marlon Humphrey is usually the guy that kicks inside, but that's a really good group of corners. Even the safeties have been playing pretty well this year. The good news the Baltimore Ravens aren't going to sit back and play cover three trying to reduce the long dynamic plays. That's just not their style of play. If they do, I would be surprised. That's not been something that they have done. They don't want to play passively on defense. They don't want to try to sit back, play softer zones just to keep everything in front of them. What that's going to do is it's going to give the Chiefs a chance to find some dynamic plays. If you get the protection, you're going to be able to hit some of your deep over routes. You're going to be able to hit some of your post corners similar to Wasp. Like the Texans just did it last week. They're going to be available if you get the protection. It's going to be up to the receivers to beat these defensive backs. They're going to get tight 
physical man coverage at times. They are going to get their chances to win deep, to win across the field, and they're just going to have to win on some of their routes. Like This is one of the few matchups where the Chiefs are going to get a team that will try to lock up the receivers one-on-one at times with just a single high safety in the middle of the field, not a ton of help over the top. The receivers, Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins if he can play, McCole Hardman, DeMarcus Hardman, these guys are going to have to make plays on the outside because they will be given the opportunity to, and as long as protection holds up, like someone's got to be open and make them pay for playing this kind of aggressive style of defense. Yes, beat man. They are going to be in man. Beat man. If they do that consistently on the outside, this game could get out of hand in a hurry. Now, that's the problem because they have excellent defensive backs. They are missing their nickelback. Tavon Young will appears to be uh, out for this game. They haven't f- put him on IR yet, although they're saying that they are at the time of this recording. So that's a situation where they are going to have to rotate Jimmy Smith in. Marlon Humphrey is going to have to kick inside a little more. He He's capable of doing that just fine, but it does make them one worse on their depth chart. And Jimmy Smith's still a good player, but that's one worse than what they're used to. Against the Chiefs' weapons, you don't want to be shorthanded. At all. We know that Travis Kelsey is going to line up in the slot. We know that he's going to kick out wide on some of these YISO looks. We know that they're going to move Tyree Kill into the slot there. So unless they're following guys, Andy will be able to get some matchups that are favorable to beat man coverage against some of these blitzes. They can't take everything away, especially if they're going to try and bring the pressure. They're going to be shorthanded in the secondary there. That's where the Chiefs have to capitalize with their wide receivers. The good news for the Chiefs is Andy Reid has some really good man beaters. Um, Now, it's contingent on the talent on the field because we kind of saw the inverse of that with the Colts and some of those guys trying to get open last year. But, I mean, they've had success, you know, springing some guys with some really great rub concepts, um, getting the running back out of the backfield on the rub. Like, they've ran some rubs basically to the running back. Think about Damian Williams two years ago against the the Ravens in 2018. Um, that little slip from kind of a cro- like coming across the formation or across, across the, the football basically, starting on one side, crossing over to the other side of the ball and getting kind of a, a, a screen for him basically uh, on I think the two-point conversion play to tie the game against the Ravens. It was, it was huge. It was a big play. So – um, Andy's got plenty of stuff he can cook up to try to spring these guys open. And I'm really, you know, we got to keep an eye on Sammy Watkins here. Like that's a big piece of this. They need Sammy Watkins, uh, cause they need all the talent they can get on the field players to watch on offense boys. What you got, Craig? I'm going Eric Fisher. Uh, I, I want Eric Fisher to have a better game than we've seen him have the first two weeks here. I know Mitchell Schwartz has gained a lot of the headlines for taking a step back, but I don't think Eric Fisher has been particularly good. I don't think he's been particularly bad, but he's certainly not been particularly good. He's going to see a lot of stuff coming off of the edge there. He's going to be seeing Matthew Judon. He's going to be seeing a little bit of Calais Campbell. He's going to be seeing some of these blitzers coming out of nowhere here. So he's got to have his head on a swivel, especially against Matthew Judon. I know that Judon doesn't win a ton of solo pass rush reps there, but he tends to give Eric Fisher fits. And he is a guy that will hurt Patrick Mahomes because he's a jerk. So <laughs> make sure that you keep Matthew Judon as far away from Patrick Mahomes as possible because I don't want that man anywhere near Mahomes. 
For me, the player to watch has probably been the best offensive player for the Chiefs besides Patrick Mahomes this year. That's Travis Kelsey. The man isn't slowing down. It stretches for both these first two weeks. He's looked completely uncoverable by the defense. Like I said at the beginning here a couple times, I think the Ravens' defense is actually susceptible right up the middle. Chuck Clark, it gets a lot of the man-on-man reps versus tight ends, and he had his hands full with Jordan Aikens. I can only imagine what Travis Kelsey can do to that if they are putting extra help over Tyree Kill like almost every single other team has done so far this year. I mean, last year when the Chiefs and Ravens played, Mahomes threw for 375 yards and three touchdowns, and Tyreek Hill didn't even play in the game. Like, you add that weapon on there, who's a mismatch for both Humphrey and Peters. Neither one of those guys can run with him. If they're not going to put help over the top, or if they put help over the top to protect those guys, Travis Kelsey's got a lot of room over the middle of the field. I don't think the Ravens will be able to contain him. It's just, can the Chiefs find ways to feed him the ball repeatedly because it seemed like at times versus the Chargers they were weren't able to go to him just back to back to back throughout a whole series as long as they can do that he can have a huge week it wasn't a two-point conversion for Damian Williams it was actually the fourth and three actual touchdown on that rub concept that I was talking about in in 2018 uh, but the guy that would be catching any potential plays like that for the Chiefs is Clyde Edwards Alaire this week uh, and that's the guy I am watching here Running backs have had a lot of success catching the football uh, against the Ravens when the Chiefs played. Damian Williams last year, five catches, 47 yards. LaShawn McCoy, three catches, 26 yards. That's 73 yards uh, from the running backs right there. And the Chiefs ran it at a pretty good clip too, honestly. Uh, And then the the season before, uh, in 2018, you had uh, uh, sorry Spencer Ware. Five catches, 54 yards. Damian Williams, four for 16 in that touchdown. Backs have been able to have success catching the football against this team. Uh, and, and man coverage makes a lot of sense. As, as many weapons as the Chiefs you know, put out there, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, you know, he's going to get matched up with a linebacker. Might be Patrick Queen a little bit. That would be kind of a fun matchup to watch, but that's the guy I'm looking at. Uh, maybe not necessarily as much in the run game as, as the passing game. This is a good week for that. We're going to take a break, and we will be back to preview the defense right after this. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, we're continuing our game preview, and now it's time to look to the defensive side of the football, and we told Mr. Marshall22 we'd answer his question, and it's going to be one of our defensive points today. What is the best strategy schematically to contain the run of Baltimore, Craig? 
take out Greg Roman before the game starts. That's the key. They're no, offensive it's coordinator. Be, no, Craig, it's got to be now because oh, the game yeah. plan's getting established Install. now. Install. You're right. You're right. Okay, it probably take needed to happen now. like last like a couple Wait, days ago. How about tackling? Do you think the Chiefs defense could actually tackle Greg Roman? Because I have my doubts. <laughs> no, he might, they might bounce off of him, especially if it's 56. Um, I think the best strategy to contain them is through a series of scrape exchanges. That's what's... Bagnolo did last year he would have Frank Clark or Alex Okafor dive on the uh, the mesh point there they typically have like some sort of split zone or inside zone look with one of the running backs coming up the middle there they would task their defensive end almost every time with diving on that running back and then scraping one of the linebackers over the top typically Damian Wilson or you know last year it was a little bit of Darren Lee this year it would be Ben Neiman Scraping him over the top, trying to keep, you know, uh, Lamar Jackson from escaping the pocket and getting those free runs out into the flat so that the safeties and the cornerbacks can come up and try and hit him as well. That results in the quarterback keeping the ball a lot more. Now, that's what their bread and butter is. Running out of pistol, having Lamar Jackson keep it, forcing the hand of the offense a little bit, forcing him to keep the ball, put more hits on him. Because then he's not going to want to keep it as much. You're going to have him giving it despite some of these reads. And now all of a sudden you're forcing them to be a little more one-dimensional. Now that's not the only thing that they do. They are very creative with lots of motions, lots of alignments, everything like that. There's just going to be some plays that are going to be schemed up that are just going to be fantastic calls by Greg Roman. He's truly, really, really awesome with the run game here. But it is one of those situations in those reads, in those option reads that Lamar Jackson rushes so much and kills so many defenses. Have your defensive end bite on the run action down low and have your linebacker scrape over the top. Schematically, the best way to contain the run of the Ravens is to score points with your offensive scheme and make them throw. Because this isn't a kind of running team like the Titans where I think you can maybe make up a game plan for the Chiefs to stop them. The Chiefs run defense strength when there is one. It's being able to hold down some contain on the edges, specifically with Frank Clark, maybe getting Derek Nottie, Mike Pinnell in the middle to clog things up. And you have relatively big, thick linebackers that when they are playing well can also clog up some run lanes. The Ravens don't care about that because when you start clogging up everything in the middle, not only do they have running backs that can bounce it out the backside of the play because of all the different option looks, they have Lamar Jackson, who is a better athlete than just about anybody besides Legereus Snead that the Chiefs have on defense. So the ability for them to be able to stop them really is dependent on getting lucky that your star players show up. Tyron Matthew makes a great read, and while he may not be the best tackler in the entire NFL, he's still good at it. He's still very smart. Maybe he makes a great read and makes a play near the backfield or line of scrimmage. Frank Clark holds down an edge, or they just continuously run away from him again. Chris Jones blows up a play or two in the background. I don't think this is the kind of game where Derek Nottie or Mike Pinnell, who hopefully is back and playing, makes a huge impact stopping the run, because I don't think the Ravens care that much to attack you right up the middle. They'd rather get out on the edges. So I just, the Chiefs' ability to stop the Ravens is going to be making a play here and there, and then forcing them to throw the ball. And as I think we're about to get to soon, after Kent goes here, Lamar Jackson's getting a little bit better at that. Yeah, you kind of stole my thunder on the offense lighting the <laughs> scoreboard up. Which is like what I always go Wild card. Like this. <laughs> <laughs> what 
we're just going to go ahead and just jump to, to Lamar Jackson and his development as a passer, which my man's getting better, Craig. Yeah, he really is. I think everybody remembers that that uh, pass in the end zone that he skymalled to uh, to Mark Andrews there in week one. Yeah, after that, he he's looked pretty damn good. He really is anticipating windows a lot better. He's hitting guys in stride a lot more. It's not as simple as it maybe was before that you just force him into being a passer. Now, that's obviously preferable to him as a runner because he's such a dynamic threat with his feet, but he is becoming a much better, much more consistent passer of the football here. He's seeing the field better. He's reading defenses better. It's it's a little bit troubling for a team like the Chiefs that needs to sell out a little bit to stop the run, if they are going to do that, that Lamar Jackson will be able to take advantage of that through the air because he didn't last year, by and large. Now we're seeing a different football player. We are seeing a guy that looks like an MVP candidate. I mean, this is a complete, very, very complete player. So I'm very curious to see what Lamar Jackson shows up. Obviously, he hasn't had to do too terribly much through the air in two games because they've been blowouts. In this game, I think we're going to see him throw the ball. We'll see his first true test as a passer. The thing is, they haven't played any defense really good, even remotely, with the Browns and the Texans so far. Not that the Chiefs defense is great, but I do think with Steve Spagnuolo and some of the star power that the defense has, like they can make things difficult on a lot of players. There's been better, higher IQ in terms of passing quarterbacks, in terms of feeling pocket awareness, understanding route combinations and coverages than Lamar Jackson, that the Chiefs have made look pretty bad over the past year with Steve Spagnuolo here. So I don't think it's impossible for them to confuse Lamar Jackson, to make him read the field in a way that he's a little less comfortable with, to make him throw some tight window throws outside the numbers, because that's kind of still where he really, really struggles. What you need to do is close down the middle of the field take care of some of the guys that go over the middle of the field a ton. And quite frankly, that's where the Chiefs are best in terms of their safeties or probably some of their better cover players with Tyron Matthew, Juan Thornhill as he's returning back to form. I'd say Tedrick Thompson's played pretty well there in the middle of the field. Like They have some guys that work pretty well over the middle of the field. You want to force Lamar Jackson to throw it out wide. You want to force him to throw outside because I still think it's pretty questionable. You just got to speed up his clock, make him make moves and reads under pressure, not just physical pressure, but just thinking about what he has to do. Let's see his progress as a passer. Let's see a guy sit back there. It doesn't matter if he's in the pocket or not. Let's see Lamar Jackson play, go play quarterback and throw the ball like a guy at MVP caliber in a game that matters because he hasn't really done it in games that matter. His passing numbers and the big games last year against playoff opponents or teams that made the playoffs or in the playoffs pretty pedestrian, pretty poor. He's a good runner in some of those games, not a particularly good passer. Against the Chiefs, I do think he's going to have to throw the ball really well. He's going to have to play the passing part of quarterback quite well in this game to win. Make him do that. Keep in your rush lanes. Make him throw outside the numbers. See what Lamar Jackson really has done to improve. People talk about the the Patrick Mahomes-Lamar Jackson rivalry, and I look at it going, what rivalry? Lamar has to win a game for this to become a rivalry. And the way Lamar is going to make this a rivalry is if he can pass the ball better than he has in his career to this point. He does look better, flat out. I I mean, I, there's still inconsistencies, and I do agree. It's I, I would try to make him throw outside the numbers. 
And I would try to make him throw off schedule because honestly, if he's not if he's not able to, it, it's kind of weird. I, he he gets really inconsistent with his mechanics when he's trying to throw out of like not necessarily on the run, but when he's off platform. Like I think when he throws on the run, it actually is pretty good. But like when he's throwing off platform, it doesn't always look pretty, and balls start sailing on him a little bit. Force it outside. I hope the linebackers can provide some level of coverage in the middle of the field because you're right, the safeties are great. But I would try to force him. I would try to force him to throw outside as well, uh, and partially because the guy that is the number one weapon for Pat or for Lamar Jackson is Mark Andrews, and I don't think it's particularly close, Matty. Yeah, and I know this year there's getting a lot of praise for Hollywood Brown kind of becoming this real number one wide receiver and. Again, I go back to they haven't played anybody yet. The guy's still 160 pounds soaking wet. Like, I am going to hesitate to say that's a number one wide receiver in the NFL. He's got great speed. I think the Chiefs handled great speed with Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks really well in week one. I think when you get the matchup of Legereus Sneed on Hollywood Brown, you feel good. Like, I'm, I'm fine with that matchup. Mark Andrews, on the other hand, we saw Hunter Henry had a pretty good game against us. Jordan Aikens made some plays against us. I am terrified of what Mark Andrews is going to do over the middle of the field unless the Chiefs dedicate some more players to help stop him. I would give him the George Kittle treatment, which is a lot of bracket coverage or at least guys that are taking an inside or outside go away from him. I don't need someone with outside leverage trying to chase him across the field. I don't need someone with inside leverage trying to chase him on a corner route. Split that up. Bracket him, make Miles Boykin, Hollywood Brown, Nick Boyle, make them beat you in the passing game. Don't let Mark Andrews go for 100 yards or 70 yards and only five targets just because he is the guy most primed to do better than what you were able to do as a defense. Stop Mark Andrews, and I really think that Lamar Jackson is going to struggle throwing the ball against the Chiefs. I think that's the case as well. The Texans actually did a pretty good job taking him away, but the Texans also, you know, didn't capitalize on anything, played pretty poorly. But I do think, and this is a friend of the show, Therese Paler, uh, said on his podcast the other day that this is the type of situation that the Chiefs usually put on guys with Travis Kelsey. You have all these other weapons. You have all these guys to be worried about. Travis Kelsey is the guy that ends up killing you. And this could be one of those situations where Mark Andrews could just kill the Chiefs' defense. Just the constant ability to get open in the middle of the field, the constant ability to be a danger man. He is Lamar's safety blanket. He's He is like George Kittle, but they line him up like Kyle Huszczyk. He's everywhere. They line him up in the backfield. They line him up wide as an inline blocker, as an H-back. They, they move him everywhere. So that's a situation where it's hard to keep track it's hard to identify where he's coming from because they move him everywhere. They have him running all sorts of routes in his route tree. It just makes him so dangerous because you can't forget about stopping the run. You can't forget about the situations that you're being put in as a defense trying to contain Lamar Jackson because Mark Andrews will slip out of there. He's a good blocker. He's a good route runner. He's just a really good tight end that they weaponize really, really well. So he is the scariest person on this offense to me. And it's not just marking him, and it's not just covering him. It's also contesting the play because Lamar is willing, like I said, that he's a safety net. He's willing to challenge and put the ball in Mark Andrews' face. He's he will he is willing to throw a contested contested throw to Mark Andrews. So you got to make plays on the ball when it comes. It can't just be 
covering him enough to take him off because Lamar's going to challenge. He's going to feed him. He has. That's his safety net. Players to watch. What we got, Craig? I'm going with our guy, Mr. Too Smart himself, Tyron Matthew. Last year, Tyron Matthew, this was kind of his big eye-opening game. He jumped a couple routes, dropped a couple interceptions, things that he wants back. I know that he wants to play the Ravens again because he was able to trick Lamar Jackson into throwing some of those routes to Mark Andrews in the center of the field, really capitalizing, playing in that robber role and you know, kind of faking out, hiding in the defense there and jumping some of those routes. If he doesn't drop passes this week, Tyron Matthew, I think, grabs an interception just because Lamar Jackson wants to force the ball to Mark Andrews. I think Tyron Matthew is a smart enough player. He is a an adept enough player to sell that he's going to be somewhere else. You know, Lamar Jackson is going to try and look him off. He's going to come back and try and pick some of these things off because he's seen a lot of this stuff on tape, especially the passing concepts that aren't particularly well-developed. I think Tyron Matthew is a crucial impact player this week. We see a major, major game out of him. So a big thing that the Ravens are dealing with on the offense this year, and it hasn't come up yet, they lost Marshall Yonda. They are replacing him with a rookie offensive guard and Tyree Phillips. That's fine. I just think the interior of that Baltimore Ravens offensive line isn't the strongest unit for the entire team or in the NFL. I think that puts a lot more pressure or in their mind, a lot more focus on Chris Jones in the middle of the defensive line. I think Frank Clark gets a few more one-on-one opportunities than he's used to getting. I think they are going to allow their very good tackles in Orlando Brown, Ronnie Stanley to go one-on-one with Frank Clark. And I think that's why you have to keep your eyes on Frank Clark. If he is getting shut out of the pass rush, I don't know if you're going to see a ton of pressure from the Chiefs, which will be worrisome. I think you have to keep your eye on Do the Ravens completely avoid Frank Clark like they did last year? I think in the first half, before Frank Clark started switching sides last year, I know Craig went through some of the numbers, but I'm like, we're talking well over half the snaps. Like, they went out of their way to avoid him with either rolling the pocket away from him, running away from him, trying to occupy him with guys that are just complete decoys in the play. They wanted nothing to do with Frank Clark. The Chiefs actually started moving Frank Clark from the right side of the defense to the left side in the second half to get away from that because the Ravens' game plan was to go away from him. Do they do that again? I think it'd be smarter if they do. And if that's the case, do the Chiefs have a plan to move him around and to weaponize him a little bit more than they were able to at times last year? So I think Frank Clark, especially before he left that Chargers game and in the first week looked a lot healthier this year. If that's the Frank Clark you get, he could make a huge difference in this game as long as he's getting those one-on-one opportunities and the Ravens aren't going out of their way to take him out. I was going to say Anthony Hitchens. It's really just all of the linebackers in general, just all of them. The game is going to be determined in a lot of ways, I think, by how the linebackers play. The linebackers have not been able to tackle or cover. Uh, They really haven't made any plays at the line of scrimmage. They've had to take real crappy angles to the edges. They've been terrible. It's on them. They've got... they, They... they're not going to be world beaters this week. They got to be better at the basics. Make Baltimore earn everything. Tackle. Fill a gap. Play fast. Play moderately fast. <laughs> Please. 
if the Chiefs do that, or if the linebackers for the Chiefs do that, they're gonna they're gonna win the game. Uh, I really do think because they're they're gonna score enough points. Uh, but I do think it's gonna fall on these linebackers taking a step this week. Just it doesn't they don't have to they don't have to play outside of themselves. Just moderately fast. Prediction time, Craig. Go. Uh, last year when these two teams met, uh, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens at that point weren't the unstoppable juggernaut that they were by the end of the year that won the one seed. When that game entered the fourth quarter, the Chiefs were winning 30-13. to 13. It was not close. The Ravens went for it on a bunch of fourth downs. They tried like hell to win that game and hang on to the Chiefs offense without Tyreek Hill to that one. I know that this should match up as a much better game here, but I just get the feeling that Mahomes is going to attack the blitz better. I think that the Ravens are going to be forced to throw the ball more. I think that Tyron Matthew will jump one of these passes. I think that they're going to try and win on the outside where the Chiefs are a little bit better equipped with the speed that they have now. I just think this is a situation where the Chiefs are a poor matchup. And I think we're going to see the best version of this team yet. And so I've got the Chiefs winning by 10 here. 34-24. And I don't know that it's going to look that close. I think this might be a situation where the Chiefs are up more than that and the Ravens get some late points once again. My issue predicting this game is if the Chiefs come out and play an A game, not an A plus, just an A game, a very high, high end game, and so do the Ravens, I think the Chiefs win decently comfortably. I don't think it's a like three or four score game, but a one to two score game, a 10 point victory is not out of the question if the teams play roughly even to their talent level. I have so much more faith that the Baltimore Ravens come out and play an A game than I do the Kansas City Chiefs. I think the Ravens, I think Harbaugh, I think the Greg Roman, Martindale, they are a lot better at keeping the Ravens playing at their best week in and week out than the Chiefs have been over the past five, six years. Just Andy Reid's kind of, I don't even want to say the mentality of the team or anything he's doing with his coaching. I just don't think that you get A, A-plus performances out of the Chiefs week in or week out. This week against the Ravens is a week that I really want to believe you get that top-end week, that A-plus kind of game because it's such a big game. It's just hard for me to have that faith after some of the letdowns you've seen out of the team over the years coming off what we just saw from the Chargers. I think it's more likely you get a B-level game out of the Chiefs, an A-level game out of the Ravens, and that essentially puts it on Patrick Mahomes to work fourth-quarter magic to come from behind and win. He's done it plenty of times throughout his career. There's no way for me to sit here and say that he won't do it again. But for now, I think the Ravens are playing better football. I trust them to come in and be more prepared for this game. I have the Ravens winning 31-30. to And I think this is the first time since doing this podcast I've picked the Chiefs to lose a game. Wow. Wild card. This game comes down to the best quarterback in football and Lamar Jackson, their matchup. This game comes down to the best kicker in football versus Justin Tucker. A Harrison Butker field goal is the determining factor in this football game. A well-played Monday night game, 31-28. Your Kansas City Chiefs extend their record against Lamar Jackson to 3-0 and extend their 2020 Super Bowl defending run to a 3-0 record. That's going to do it for the game preview edition of the AP Laboratory. Thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you later.
you also left the best playmaking cornerback over the last 10 years on the table there, Kent. Jerry Sneed? Yup. 